Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, it's tuning in to our online affiliates around the world. We're glad that you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome back to our broadcast today best-selling author, Manswell T. Peterson. You guys probably recognize the name, and definitely you recognize his face. He's on the cover of the current issue of Conversations Magazine. It's our books you need to read. Segment. He definitely has a lot of books that should be on your reading list. We're going to talk to Manswell not only about the year, what it's been like for him to see the response to him being on the cover of Conversations Magazine. He has some new projects that have come out since the last time we talked. We're going to talk about that as well as let you guys know how to stay connected with them. Manswell, welcome back to the broadcast, man. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Glad to do it. So, Manswell, okay, this is our first conversation on the radio side since you've been on the cover of the magazine. I want to talk about the experience for you. I mean, of course, you saw me posting about it. You knew you were going to be on the cover. What was it like for you to actually get your copy? It was it was surreal. I mean, I'm like, you know something's coming, and nothing can prepare you for it. And it, it's one of those things where it's like you're 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 in baseball. You know the pitcher's about to throw a fastball. You know it's a fastball. And, yes, so you're looking for a curve, a slider, and it's just like it really floored me because when I opened it, um, I just sat there for a second. And I, I was just holding the magazine. I'm like, this is really here. It's really here yeah. in front of me. And so it, it was surreal. There's no, there's no words that can explain what I was feeling at that moment. Well, well, it definitely is deserved when we were doing the uh, putting together the books you need to read um, issue. I knew that we wanted to be able to feature you because you are, have definitely been putting in the work. You know, you are the definition of that, I feel like. I don't like to compliment you too much, man, as well, because I don't want you to get the big head. But you have really done <laughs> – you, you really have done a lot. And and I want to talk about it because it continues to go. You were just talking to me about the success of, you know, one of your newest books. What has that been like for you? It's one thing we talk about the magazine, but what is it like for you to go on Amazon and just to look at all the books that have your name on it? Now, that is like every now and then it becomes like you're like, wow, it's overwhelming because, you know, that's everyone's dream who actually wants to write, to go to Amazon, which is, the you know, a go-to place for books and you know, you go there and, and you see your name and you got people who come up to you and they're like, hey, I searched your name. I didn't know you had these many books. And it's kind of, you know, surreal um, again because I, I went to a high school here and the kids were Googling my name, went to Amazon and looked me up and it was like, you're talking about these two books. You got all these other books. And so, you know, you get reminded and it keeps you grounded because a lot of people won't be in a position like I'm in to actually do you know, that many books a year, and, I, you know, we're going to surpass what we did last year. We're on pace for it already. And it, it's one of those humbling things where you sit back and you're like, wow, I'm blessed to actually have that opportunity. I'm blessed to be able to say, you know, that, you know, I know we made history with having two two Academy series going at the same time because it's never been done before. It's a lot of work, but, it's, you know, but it was history in the making, and I enjoyed, you know, being a part of that just giving the kids something to read and having the parents not worry about, you know, all the other stuff that goes on in different academy books. And so, you know, that's nice when I get all those emails as well. 
Right, right. So is this the dream for you then, Manswell? Is this what you hoped it would be like when you made the decision that you wanted to be an author? This is the life. This is honestly the life because, you know, you never know when you're going to get an email. You never know when you're going to get a DM from somebody. You know, you never know when you're going to go somewhere. And I still say the biggest thing for me um, this year, um, my family and I, we went to the beach. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to eat and this little girl's mother is tapping her on the shoulder and she's actually reading one of my books. And the mother's trying to point to me and the girl would not put her head up and the mother had to grab the book and say, look. And the girl looked at me and she just let out this loud scream like, wow. And so, of course, everybody's looking like, what's going on? And it's, you know, that's that moment when you realize, you know, you're yeah. impacting people who you don't even know. Right. That's the beauty right. of it. So I want to talk about, I mean, there are so many different things we can talk about. I mean, and it, it's always difficult to, and I, I don't like putting people in boxes, but, I mean, there are different types of books, of course, that you have been able to write. Of course, I mean, you know, people can, we can go ahead and say you write fiction, but then you not only write fiction, you write adult fiction. Then, you know, you write for different ages. Talk to us about what that's been like for you, and how do you decide when you're going to write for a particular audience, as well? Um, believe it, not, it comes down to scheduling a lot of times because, um, like when I'm writing Braden and Bear in France with my wife, you know, I do that around her work schedule. And so then I try to pencil that in where I know I can actually have those two or three weeks because I tell people going down from writing for adults and teens to small kids, you know, you have to reset your brain for that because you're writing at a different level for those. And then coming back up from that, you know, there's another reset because you're writing for the for the team, so it comes down to scheduling, just making sure that you know I have those break periods in between, um, and then when I'm when I when I'm focusing, I'm focusing, so I don't even take my phone in my writer's room. So if you yeah. try to call me, you're not gonna call me. You're not, you know, you're gonna get my voicemail, which I purposely leave full because I don't want to go back and check, you know, five, ten, fifteen voicemails, and so you're gonna have to text me, and then I'll text you, I'll call you back, whatever else. But it comes down to, you know that discipline, and just doing what you got to do to get the books out there. So since school is starting back, that's one thing that's happened since the last time you and I chatted it up. Um, of course, this is a perfect time for Braylon the Bear uh, in France, but also, of course, your your series that you have for young people. Talk to us about that series. Let's talk about that. What What is the name of it for those who are just now discovering it, Manswell, and, and kind of what started it? Well, you have um, – we got Brain and Bear and Friends. That's for the um, the preschoolers and the kids that are in pre-pre-K, um, which those are ages 2, 3, 4. And now for the middle school and high schoolers, you have the Lakotum Academy on one side, and you have Charmcasters Academy on the other side. Um, the difference is that Lakotum Academy is shifter-based with magic sprinkled in. Charmcasters Academy is magical-based which shift and sprinkled in. So they're, you know, they're coming from two different facets of this, you know, sci-fi paranormal magic world, fantasy world that, you know, that the kids love to read. And so, you know, Charmcast is your traditional where you got, you know, a set of heroes and, you know, we focus on that. Whereas in Lacrotum Academy deals with different kids, you know, different races, different disabilities. You know, you never, you never know what you're going to get out of either one, but, you know, they're two different spectrums. And so it's like, reading the Spider-Man and the Batman comic books. So, you know, you're going to get the superhero, but you're going to get different angles, different views, you know, different problems, different situations. Um, 
I still think the best compliment that I've gotten is from the parents. When they read with their kids, they're like, I didn't, under, I didn't know you were going to throw life lessons in there. And so I do it very slick, but I still make the book entertaining, and that's the most important thing for everything. Gotcha. Well, I've noticed the tagline you have for Charmcasters Academy is where magic, mystery, and competition collide. So talk to us about how that world came about. I mean, you mentioned some of the elements, but talk to us about the characters, how the characters came about. Well, um, it was funny because, you know, I was already deep into Lacrotum Academy, and I knew I wanted to do something on the magical side because I love magic. You know, what kid doesn't like magic? Even if you got an inner kid in you, what kid doesn't like magic? And so um, my first thought was, you know, I, I needed two heroes, and I wanted a boy and a girl, and so that's where Orion and Alara came in to play. And then those are my main two characters. So what I did was I got those two characters, I built the families around them, and then I built the school around them, and then I built the competitive schools, and then I went back and built all the sub-characters, you know, at each of the schools, you know, to give them different problems, different friendships, you know, different situations that kids will actually go through. They actually feel it as you're reading Chomcasters, and so that was the fun part about the magic, but... I wanted the battle scenes to be magical. I want you to be able to vividly see the tournament happening right in your face, you know, whether it was wind, fire, water, you know, whether it was the green grass that, that you know, that Orion uses all the time and all the plants that he uses. And so everything is there. It's just fun to do it. It literally took me, I would say, almost two weeks to to really build that world like I really want it. And then, you know, you got to go in there, you got to chop it up. Okay, this is book one. This is book two. Book three, we're doing this. And so that's where, you know, I got that jump start from them. And so now, you know, we're working on getting that third Tomcasters Academy book out as well. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, I think, you know, the, the thing is, um, if people are hearing this, and I want to say for those who are just tuning in, it's on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're speaking with best-selling author Maxwell T. Peterson today. We're talking with him about the year he's having for 2023, but also the literary worlds that he's been able to create. We're going to also let you guys know how to stay connected with him. So as we kind of talk about that, the reason why I wanted to ask, because, of course, for those who are just now discovering you, um, you know, I want them to kind of know what to expect. So you mentioned, of course, you know, and we just talked a little bit about Charmcasters. So the other thing that you have is the Lacrotum universe, but then, as you were just talking about there, you also have something for the young people as well, the you have the Lacrotum Academy. So right. talk to us about how the two of those are connected. Well, believe it or not, Lacrotum Universe and Lacrotum Academy, they are in the same universe, and so that's what they call the multiverse because literally, um, there is a spot in the universe where we did a time jump. And so you'll see other um, characters come on board, and you'll see somebody's kids, actually, or their grandchildren or their nieces and nephews wind up going to Lacrotum Academy. Um, the other one, they, they will never cross over with Charmcasters, but Lacrotum Universe is for um, the adults. Um, it, it, it is basically, you know, for the adults and, you know, hey, grown and sexy. The academy part, you know, parents, when they read it, they understand they're not, there's not one single curse word there. You know, there is no sex there. I don't do that for kids. I want the kids to have pure fun reading like I had when I was growing up. And so that was my whole purpose to make sure that even though they are connected, you know, they don't have the same um, following of the stories at all. Um, Parents can actually get their kids to Colton Academy and feel safe. They don't have to worry about it. But we've, we're finding more parents actually reading with their children when it came to the Colton Academy. And, and the same thing is happening now with Charmcasters. But 
you know, Lakotum Academy gives the parents something to read with their kids, and then they get to go read Lakotum Universe by themselves. And so, you know, you see all the battles and everything else in the universe, and there's death in the universe. And I think my biggest thing was um, as the readers start reading, they start saying, you know, hey, you never know who's going to die in Lakotum Universe. And I said, exactly, nobody's safe. And they said, that doesn't happen. I'm like, well, I want it to be different. You know, so it doesn't matter what character you fall in love with. That character might go in the next book or two. And I've introduced characters who didn't make it a whole book. And it caught readers off guard. And that's what I love about it, catching them off guard because it keeps them entertained, but it keeps them vested for the next book in the series. And um, the Chrome universe is set up, I'm sorry, it's so weird how um, I did this. You know, I got that thing set up for TV because books one, two, three, four, that's season one for TV. Books five, six, seven, eight, that's season two. Seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, though as you keep continue to go, you'll see that everything is set up in in full book increments for a season. So literally I'm on I'm getting ready to book get book twelve ready now for them. So I'm in season three already and those who are caught up, you know, they're they're rapidly waiting. They're anxiously waiting for the next segment to come in. So it's like watching T V. So you get to see what happens next and I'm looking forward to see what's gonna happen with that as well. Yeah. Do you you mentioned earlier that timing plays a role in this as to be expected when you're writing so many books and having so many different characters for different audiences. How do you then decide, um, it, like going into a year, Manswell, how do you decide what you want to focus on that year? The characters decide. I don't get to decide. And I'm just being real with you, you know, because when, when you come across a writer and they tell you that the characters are talking to them, it really does happen. You know, I have characters who are just really just jumping out of everywhere because when I had to bring out, you know, Charmcast Academy, they were just jumping. It was like all the storylines, everything was coming. So I knew I had to get the first three out because that was the only way for me to quench that part in my brain. And so I go into a year not knowing, I know what I got on the board. Like right now I got Lacombe Universe. I got Lacombe Academy. I got Charmcast Academy. I got Brain the Band Friends. And I also have a new vampire series that will be debuting in the next three, four weeks. And the main character is Victor, and he's a black, he's a black vampire, and he's a private investigator. And so again, I'm throwing a monkey wrench into what everybody's expecting because they're like, I didn't see that coming. I know, and that's the whole thing. So it it just goes back to scheduling. My big board is there, and when I figure, okay, I'm going to write on this book now, write on this book. So I'll write on two or three books at the same time, and that's the cool thing. I'll be writing from 3 o'clock in the morning to 5.30 in this book and then take my break, eat breakfast, and come back and I'm writing on this book, and I go back now, I'm writing on the third book, and I might go back to the first book. And th- that's how my day goes sometimes. And sometimes I focus on one book. It'll just be there, and I'll just be rolling through it, rolling through it. And that's what happened with Chomcasters 1, 2, and 3. I was literally rolling with all three of those. So, you know, it's coming to the characters. So with that being said, then, let's talk about talking with other authors because you you do give um, some encouragement online uh, to those pursuing their own dreams, as you have been able to do. How do you then have conversations with authors who kind of ask you? I'm sure they do ask you the questions. How do you have conversations with them, Manswell, about the writing process and, and being able to find success as an author? The first thing I tell them is, you got to start writing, and then if, if they're already established, I tell them keep writing. Um, you don't become number one in anything 
by not, not practicing. Um, I used the old um, mumba mentality from Kobe Bryant, you know, while they're watching TV, you know, snacking, I'm working. You know, what, while you're taking that extra three hours to go watch TV, I'm writing. I want to be better than you. And that's my, that's my whole philosophy. I want to be better than you. And, you know, it's not a competition. I'm not trying to really down you, but it's competitive. You know, you, some, you know, some people will put out one book a year, two books a year, three books a year, and they're like, okay, my year is complete. I'm good. My whole thing is what is my total number? And I don't have that total number because I always push myself. Last year we did 15. We're going to surpass that because number 10 is on Amazon right now. I got number 11 and 12 coming there with the format and the editing team right now. We're in August. I'm going to surpass that 15, but is that my best? I don't know yet because I keep challenging myself. Like I said, I'm not going to let nobody outwork me. Nobody's going to outwork me, and you're going to continue to see book after book after book, and that's just how it is. And I tell them the same thing. If you really want this, if you want to be successful, you got to put the time in. you got to start taking time from other stuff like, you know, okay, watch TV for an hour or two a day and pull back those extra three hours you're going to watch or whatever else and put that into your books. Put that into your books and then take breaks in between that time. Let your brain reset. But you got to put in time with the books. You can't go two or three weeks without putting in the work. It's like saying, I got writer's block. No, you don't. You got lazy block. You got lazy block. And I don't, I, don't, I don't believe in writer's block. I believe in lazy block. That's why I believe you should always have multiple projects going because if one, you know, you know you're starting to hit a wall, go to another one. And the same thing with that one, go to another one. But you got to put the work in. If you don't put the work in, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to be there with the top people. You're not going to have people in different areas reading your books because, you know, you're taking these two or three weeks breaks. And I'm telling you what I just told author about a week ago. You know, she told me, we not take breaks in between. I'm like, how long are your breaks? What, two or three weeks? Too long. She's like, how long are your break? I said, hours. I go to sleep and I wake up early in the morning. I said, if you see me on social media, you'll see me, you know, come into a couple of statuses and I'll post some motivation stuff. And then I disappear for a while because now I'm writing. You can't take all those breaks and expect to, you know, hey, say, okay, I got seven, eight, nine books out. You know, I'm, I'm doing great this year because now you're only putting out one or two books because you're taking these breaks, these two, three, four, five-week breaks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, you mentioned, of course, it's not a, it's not a competition, but I want to ask then for yourself then, how do you know, like, for yourself – um, and I understand what you're saying, and I hear I've heard authors talk about the you know the character speaking. But how do you know, like in a year, when you're when you're kind of done for that year? It's funny because Christmas is my favorite time of the year, and so it's my time to really binge watch a lot of TV, and that's when I know I'm actually done. When I'll start feeling myself, you know, pulling back, looking at okay, I got this series to watch, I got this TV show, I got this movie, I got this movie. Um, so it, it normally happens to me right around the start of November, mm-hmm. and that's when people are really, that's when Christmas is really driving in there, and you see, you might see me trickle down to one, maybe two more books by the end of the year, but that's my trickle down moment now. It's like when I get to November, I don't know what day in November, but it's always different, and so now you see me just like last year, it was like... Ten days before Thanksgiving, I, I slowed down to a trickle. And so that's what it is now. So I know that when November hits, I don't know what day, 
but it's going to trickle down and I'll start watching TV and giving myself that end of the year, you know, refresh. And, right. you know, I put out what I got, but you won't see me just really tackle anything, you know, going hard. Uh, you know, it's that mantra I use, all gas, no brakes. You won't see me that much because I'm like, I'm I'm getting into family mode, you know, getting into that holiday spirit, and that's what I do. But right now it's August, so it's it's like I got blinders on. I got blinders on because, again, you know, I want to go out there and have as many projects as I have. And because um, I told one person, I said, um, you know, this is about legacy now. This is about legacy because when, when people go to their libraries, you know, I want them to go request my books. When people are in high schools, I want them to request the books. You know, when people are talking about the next TV series, I want them to think about my books. When people think about next movies, I want them to think about my books. So it boils down to legacy. What do you want your legacy to be? How far do you want to go? And so, you know, I'm, and I get that encouragement from, you know, when I think about Lord of the Rings. You know, that guy wrote that that series so long ago. But it took generations down the line for them to actually pick it up. Right. But he, but because he wrote it, they were able to pick it up, and we got that great trilogy out of there, and we got a TV show out of it. So you never know when you're going to get picked up, but you got to have it ready. Right. That's my push. So, Manswell, I'm sure then there will be authors that will listen to this because one of the things that happens, and I hear it a lot in the work that I do, how do you then balance – of course, the writing hat, but then there's also the marketing hat. How do you how do you balance how you market your books as you are continually through working through the writing process? Well, um, I do use people who are good at what they do. Um, I'm not the best at marketing, but I use people who are great at marketing. I use people who are great, you know, in public relations. But the, my biggest thing is is the readers. Um, yeah, I talk to my readers. I have a dedicated phone line just for my readers, and I do spend that time, and I'll, I'll shock them every now and then. You know, and that's from my personal group. You know, it's Lakota Fan mm-hmm. City. It's on Facebook. Um, it's on Instagram as well. And I'll pick somebody, and I'm like, hey, I see you're coming about the book. Do you want to talk about it? And see, now they're so used to me doing it that, you know, they're like, hey, yeah, sure, here's my number. Give me a call. And I'll dial the number, and they're like, this is really you. And so, you know, at first everybody's like, well, how do we know it's you? And then I tell them, go back to your inbox. And, like, what do you mean? I said, I'm, I'm sending a voice message of me and you talking on the phone. And so literally it's so funny to actually hear them. They're like, it really is you. So the readers, because they're telling other people, they're telling other people, you know, they're, you know, they're putting the reviews up, you know. But mainly they're telling people off social media about me. And that's the yeah. biggest thing. You have to make sure you stay connected to the reader. That fandom is everything for you because you can't write it and expect, you know, to be in your small city like I'm in because I'm from a small city in Georgia. You know, I might have 10 people here buy a book, but then I might sell two, three, four hundred in the next state over in another city, but that's based on people bragging about the books and talking about the storylines and everything else. So you get the readers involved, and they'll do half the work for you right there. Good point. Good point. Yeah, that's right. Readers love to talk, and so that definitely does help as well. So you mentioned, of course, about writing for television. Uh, I know that's something you've talked about quite a bit. What What does that dream look like for you? Because I know a lot of people have different dreams as, as authors. Why is that something that that is a is a is a, a big target for yourself? It's a target for me because. Again, to be number one, you got to look at who did it and who did it best. Um, Shonda Rhimes had a whole night on ABC. 
8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And so that's my whole thing now. I want 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock on somebody's network. You know, do we have the interest of networks? Yes, we do. Um, do we have the interest of movie production companies? Yes, we do. Um, but I also have good lawyers, and we look at everything that they're offering. And for me, it's about not being boxed in where people say, okay, you can only do this, this, and this. You know, no, I want, I want to have the freedom to go and, and – allow a Netflix and a Hulu to have something at the same time or ABC to have something or Disney to have something because I have a lot of material and over half my catalog is not even on Amazon. And people are shocked when they find out about the stuff on my catalog that's not put in books in. I have stuff that probably could be in books, but I'm saving it because I tell people that goal of the Oscars is there also. And so when you have original screenplay, most people don't pay attention to the Oscars when they say, you know, the Oscar for original screenplay. That's a um, movie that came from an original writing. When you see an adapted screenplay, that came from a book or some other type of written form or play, whatever else. And so I have dreams of winning both of those, original screenplay and adapted screenplay. And so, again, you set your goals high. And if your goals don't scare you, they're not high enough. You have to aim higher than what you're thinking about. It should scare the bejesus out of you to where you really say, okay, I'm scared about this. And that's what I've done because the same goes for TV. You know, I want those TV awards as well. So my dream, as you can see, my dreams are way higher than most people could possibly fathom. You know, and I put that pressure on me because I want to show the world, hey, you don't have to be from a big city to do that. You can be from a small town. And I'm right. from a small town, and we're gonna we're gonna show people, that, hey, it can happen. It's possible. Yeah, it's such a great point, and and it's a great thing for people to keep in mind the importance of thinking big for sure. So before we wrap up here, man, so I want to ask you, what should our audience be on the lookout for next? There is a surprise book coming for me. Um, I'm not gonna tell. It's not. It's not the um, Victor the Vampire series because I told you guys about that one. There's a surprise book coming. Um, there will be no pre-promotion about it. I'm just going to release the cover and let everybody know, hey, here you are. Um, I have that. That's coming as well. And it's going to be for the, for the grown people. Um, we have some other books that are coming. Like I said, Lacrotum Academy 7 is coming. Lacrotum Universe 12 is coming. Tom Cash's book 3 is coming. So it's a lot of stuff, to, you know, before the end of this year is coming. So like I tell everybody, keep watching because I'm going to keep hitting you with stuff left and right. But the surprise book... I'm not even letting everybody know the name, you know, what is it about, but it's in the paranormal sci-fi world. And so I'm looking forward to dropping that one on everybody and surprising them. All right. It gives us something to look forward to. Again, everyone, best-selling author Manuel T. Peterson has been our guest. Make sure you guys check him out. He's on the cover of the new issue of Conversations Magazine, our books you need to read issue. You guys can be able to get that on Amazon as well as the books by Manswell there as well. Manswell, how else can our audience stay connected with you? Um, two, two different ways. Um, if they follow DragonCon, they can follow me at DragonCon this year. We got invited back as a panelist, so we're all over that. And they can follow me on social media at Mansfield T. Peterson. Same name on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, Mansfield, congratulations to you again, man. Glad to be able to catch back up and looking forward to our next conversation together. Thanks, man. So am I. All right, and we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let us go make today amazing. Take care.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.